Welcome to Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is freelance, self-employed or thinking about it. Welcome to my guest today, Anniki Somerville. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, I was just sort of saying before we started recording that Friday is always supposed to be my my sort of inverted commas relaxing day, Mm. Uh, but I haven't quite got it sussed yet, so it doesn't always feel that relaxing. It seems to turn into the kind of attack the to-do list day instead. Yeah, the admin, the admin that we don't allow ourselves to be part of the working day. We say, oh, no, we'll do that on our day off. Exactly, exactly. So I'm getting a bit better. I did have... um, reflexology which makes me sound horribly middle class but I did have that Um, and that was really just because one of my friends just said to me look you've got to at least once a month Mm. or once every couple of weeks put something in the diary that is just for you Um, and even if that's just like a walk or something so that you don't end up just trying to get stuff done. Mm, that's lovely oh god I would love to go for some reflexology right now not right now obviously I'm very happy podcasting with you right now but (laughs) (laughs) at some point in the next couple of weeks I may well do that a massage is also a go-to or a swim for me as well because I find swimming a real escape because no one can get hold of you when you're swimming literally I know (laughs) I love I love swimming and I've not managed to find a sort of local pool and I think that's kind of like that's on my sort of list for next year is kind of just try and find somewhere where I can swim yeah perfect Brilliant. And so I, I approached you on Instagram because I follow you on Instagram and I absolutely roll around with laughter at your Instagram stories. And I urge everyone to follow you if they don't, because they're the highlight of my week. But you've also written a book, The Big Quit. And I'd love it if you could start by telling everyone what, what it is that you do, because I know you've been freelance and you're not freelance at the moment, but obviously the book covers quitting and freelancing. So tell us tell us what it is that you do um, and, and kind of anything else about you to introduce yourself, if that's OK. Yeah. um, So I've had, I suppose, I think they term it like a squiggly career. Mm. So basically, I I started off in um, market research and I worked in that industry for about 18 years. So kind of climbed my way up until I was kind of a managing partner in a very big agency. So sort of had... I always call it like I basically had all the sort of outer trappings of success. So people who looked at me would have probably gone like, ooh, you know, she's totally nailed it. Mm. Um, I I wasn't very happy for a whole myriad of reasons. And I was very lucky, actually, in a way, because I was given I was given the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy. And after 18 years in that company, I got a, you know, I got a good package. So I managed to sort of um, leave that that work. And actually then went off and started writing. So I was sort of editing a blog, which was called Selfish Mother, which was Mm. lots of parenting content. And um, I actually wrote my first book then and managed to get that published and sort of went into a a career where I was writing and also doing market research sort of freelance. So Mm. sort of the old market research product project, sorry. So I was kind of doing a combination of both. And then since then, it's quite funny because I've, I've flitted in lots of different directions so Mm. I've kind of had probably I would say in the last five years seven seven or eight different roles so you know gone into agencies predominantly at the moment I'm working in a startup um, and I've been in startups now for 18 months and I'm working in the marketing team um, in a marketing role I suppose kind of using a lot of the stuff that I learned when I was doing my market research kind of career Mm. um but it's it's funny because I've have freelanced for long periods of time too, um, so I've got kind of an insight into both. And I guess the the sort of workbook came up. The reason I wanted to write about work mm-hmm. was that I was approaching my fifties, 
And I had this kind of slightly horrifying realization that I would be working for quite a lot of my life. I wasn't obviously, I think nowadays we, we understand that we're not going to retire necessarily when we're 60. Um, and I guess I was just kind of thinking about, you know, I wanted to be a bit more active in terms of the way that I thought about my work life and not mm. just, I felt for much of my career, I just drifted along like a bit of flotsam, you know, I mm. not really had a clear direction, not ever really asked myself what I wanted. Um, and and to be clear, like I am the breadwinner in our family. So I've got two young kids. I have to work. So I don't want anyone because I know in these kind of times, it's quite easy for people to go, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? If you could just do whatever you fancy. <laughs> yeah. But But the reality is for me is that everything has been a constant sort of, I suppose, balancing between what I really want to do and also balancing that with bringing in enough income, you know. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty there. And it's one of those, exactly like you said, people might be going, oh, she's gone off for reflexology on a Friday. Oh, to live that Lucky life. Us. Yeah. Unless yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to cram in an appointment once a month or something. Well, you know, that's so. the thing. It's kind of, I, I'm, I'm very aware. And that's a big part of what I write about. And I suppose the thing is that, especially in these days of having social media, is that there's a lot of preconceptions we have about other people's and their lives. And I have those yeah. too. So I kind of look at people on social media and I think, wow, look at them and their lovely house and their perfect relationship and they've got everything in balance and they've got a really good job. Um, what I learned actually, I guess, through going behind the scenes a little bit and actually mm. work, I, I used to work for quite a big influencer. And then I got to know a few people that were influencers, which makes me sound very wanky, I know, but actually- no, not at all. What, it's what a job, learned, isn't it? It's a job to be well, an influencer. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. But what I learned was that nothing is as it seems. So what you see on the exterior may be quite glossy, but and we all know this, don't we, as we get older, that internally there's always struggles, there's always challenges, and there's always compromises. And once you realize that, I think it makes it quite liberating because you're kind of like, okay, actually, we're all pretty much the same and mm. we're all trying to navigate different kinds of challenges yeah very much so and you mentioned in there that idea of the comparison and everything and it makes me that idea that the grass is always greener and I think people do that and tell me if you agree with your experience as well in terms of going in and out of freelancing you look at people in so-called real jobs staff jobs full-time jobs and you think oh they look really secure and then people in those jobs like I'm sure a lot of my friends look at me and think oh it's all right for Jenny she's so flexible and she can pick and choose what she does and she can set her rates which is to them the equivalent of choosing your own salary isn't it do you feel like we do everyone's grass looks greener like across the board but particularly with with work as well it's so true and I think it's almost like it's the same with lots of different areas of our life because we even mm -hmm. have it with relationships don't mm -hmm. we where we sort of look yeah. at other people's relationships and we go oh they look like they're so happy and content and they've got everything sus yeah um I know that now I can compare the two, that there were very clearly benefits to freelancing and there's mm -hmm. benefits to being in a job, but nothing is, is perfect. And what I'd argue is that I've had anxiety and I've had sort of challenges and I've had kind of difficulties in both, really. Mm. So I've kind of, I, I never... I never fully believe that it's kind of there's an ideal. And I think actually that's another thing that I talk quite a lot about in the in the book is like there's no such thing as the perfect job. Mm. And I feel like this is one of the other kind of things we're sold is almost like yes. if you can just find the perfect job, then you're going to be happy. 
Um, and actually, there maybe are some exceptions to that. There may be people who've founded their own companies and really feel like they've kind of hit that nirvana job-wise. Mm. But the majority of people I speak to, and I'm talking about all kinds of different levels of work, they all have those frustrations. They all have bad days. They all have people that they work with that they don't like. Um, they all have days where they feel overwhelmed mm. or, or, or kind of kind of really worried about the insecurity of it. And the other thing is, is that when you're in a in a permanent role, you can still feel quite insecure day to day. Mm, yeah, because you you've written about that in the feel... book, haven't you? About the feelings of being in a big long term. Yes, role. exactly. Yeah. And you can still feel like you have to defend yourself or you still have to. I mean, one of the challenging things is kind of dealing with people day to day. You know, we all have those experiences where if you're freelance, you're working with a client and you suddenly realize that the client is actually really horrible and you're going to have a nightmare for the next kind of like six weeks or two months. But you really need to take that job on. Yeah. Um, and equally, if you're in a permanent role, you're working with someone and you're thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is making my life quite miserable. Um, mm. One of the things I'd argue, which is good, is that as you get older, I, I, I think we become more attuned to what people are like and so you can kind of you can you can not be judgmental because that's never good I always like to give someone the benefit of the doubt but I, I'm much better now that if somebody comes to me mm. and they present a bit of a toxic kind of you know vibe yeah. I kind of know that there's a lot of stuff going on in their own life that's making them present like that mm. and so it doesn't I don't forgive them for it but it just means that I try I've been talking more and more about this. It's almost like emotionally not investing quite so much in myself. Yes. So almost like sort of saying, do you know what? This person doesn't make me feel good when I'm in a meeting with them. They make me feel drained. They make me feel insecure. Mm. So I just need to be conscious and sort of a bit protective of myself and also just remove some of the emotion from it so that I don't feel like mm. I'm the one in the wrong Um I actually think it's funny the, the older I get the more I realize that work is an awful lot about just dealing with people yeah and, and learning how to deal with people yeah do you think it's about self-awareness as well because I think when you get to and I've just turned 45 and you get to a certain age I guess you could call it for want of a better phrase and you're almost a bit like yes I know what I'm like now I almost look at my past experiences you know, always moaning about editors that I worked for magazines and thinking actually I was probably absolute hell to try and manage you know thinking I had always had the best idea and why couldn't I you know go off and do this um, feature by you know without doing it from my desk and I probably think oh god they were probably going oh just do your work or you know I don't know, I know. you get more self-aware as well it, it, it's the other side of it completely and I think you I know that I have a tendency to catastrophize mm. so I know that I have a lot of narratives in my head so that if I make a mistake at work I tend to instead of just sort of brushing it off and going okay you made a bit of a mistake that you know let's course correct let's get back on it again I can quite easily go down a road of sort of saying this is because I'm useless I should have never considered taking this role I'm it's too much for me everyone knows that I'm not qualified you know all of those thoughts come up the older you get hopefully the better you become at recognizing oh hang on that's just that inner critic that's stepping up it's yeah. not the reality where's the practical examples you know okay so yes. there was one example where I made a big you know boo-boo but I haven't actually done that across the board and I think that was the thing that you know, one of the easiest things you can do actually is almost fight that voice and list your, you know, in your own brain, just sort of say, give yourself a talking to and say, listen, 
here's five examples of things that I've done brilliantly this week. Mm. I've, I've, you know, I've made a really, okay, I forgot to send that email, but then I managed to do these 10 things really well. Mm. And just give yourself some, some sort of, I suppose, positive self-talk because increasingly what I've realized is in order to perform well at work, in order to feel some degree of kind of satisfaction, it's about kind of managing your own mindset a bit. And as much as I hate all of that, mm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of kind of being, you know, the idea that you have to be happy, but just trying to manage the things that get in the way of you mm. being able to perform at work. And if I reflect on when I was younger, I was so insecure. I must have mm. been, I must have been a nightmare because I think so many times if somebody told me a criticism, I would just dissolve into yeah. a heap. Crying in the toilet. I, I cried in the toilets yeah. a lot. I don't know about you. I think you mentioned it actually about, yeah, yeah. Not being happy and, and being, you know, feeling like you needed to go off and love steam and things. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm actually wrong. a big <laughs> fan of that. I actually think it's a good thing to, especially if you're in an office environment, to take, if you're feeling, you know, overwhelmed, to take yourself off and go and have a good cry. Mm. And I often use toilets to also talk to myself. So I will sometimes actually go in and just say, come on, Anarchy. Yeah. just sort yourself out what the hell's going on here you know um and I think that's that's really important to sort of you know realize that as you get older that if we're going to continue on working we need yeah. to sort of be able to better understand ourselves um and I the only thing I can say is kind of pick yourself back up again and get on with it yeah that's good advice and it is one of those things where it's day by day isn't it we, do you think we sort of see our workers? sort of one huge thing like especially I guess if you are freelance you're sort of thinking well it's my business and it's people mm. see it as their baby almost don't they and it's that that thing that you sort of it's hard not to see it as a huge thing rather than just a day-to-day -day. we'll send those emails today and see what happens go to that networking yeah. event and don't expect you know to become famous overnight for example but it's hard not to isn't it especially with social media making us think that everyone else is massively succeeding apart from us I think it is really hard. And actually, when I look at things that have happened in terms of successes, they've often come along in quite a convoluted way. So I don't mm. think I've ever like gone to an event and met somebody who's then said, I want to publish your book. But what might have happened is that I've met somebody at an event who has mentioned me to a friend. In fact, the very first podcast I did um, mm. was with Cherry Healy and Lisa Williams. Oh, yeah. we, did a, we did a podcast about sex and relationships. I was invited to a Christmas party. Cherry Healy was there. We were talking about relation, long-term relationships and the challenges of those. Mm. She said, oh, I think it would be a good idea for a TV show. And I said, oh, I think that is a good idea. And then nothing. Didn't hear from her. Didn't hear from anyone. Nothing at all. About 12 months later, just out of the blue, I got a message saying, oh, I've been, you know, and it's from Cherry saying, listen, I've had someone else has got in touch with me talking about long term relationships. What do you think about us meeting? And so the three of us met mm. um, and it was a very, you know, weird kind of way that it all came together. And we decided to do a podcast and that then opened up lots of other things. I really am like a big sort of fan of the idea of saying yes to things, mm -hmm. like even saying yes to this today. Yeah. Saying saying yes to not not within, within some things like, you know, I don't want people to get overwhelmed with saying yes to everything, but mm -hmm. you never kind of know where it might lead. And it might I, I don't think it will happen immediately. Most things don't but it might just introduce you to someone at mm. some point that might be fruitful for you, you know? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. I've been going to quite a few 
in-person networking events which the very phrase makes me imagine the apprentice and all that nonsense but mm. I've been dabbling because I thought I spend a lot of my time on social media doing the jazz hands and saying hi everyone this is me and I thought I need to go and do it in person and the proof of it is I've had people who I've emailed who might want to do some work with me and that kind of thing and getting over that but yeah put, giving it a try I suppose giving it a go and seeing it might come to nothing there might be nobody there you connect with but like you say you might end up doing a podcast getting a book deal all kinds of things you've got to give it yeah. a go Mm. give it give it a go and and even if you just end up with friendships coming out of mm. it you know you end up with a with somebody that you really you know you really like who's a, who ends up being a really good mate um and there's just yeah I think and that's another thing about aging is I think sometimes you can close down a bit you can become mm. quite insular you can be like I don't like going out I don't like talking to other people I've got enough friends and my my theory around work and friendship they're, they're all the same it's kind of don't carry on being curious mm. carry on trying to learn new things and trying new things because there's nothing more you know aging really than somebody who is very rigid mm. all the time and is like I don't I don't like anything modern you know modern music is rubbish you know <laughs> don't make up your mind about everything you know go in with an open mind um you know and then and then see what happens and I do I do agree I think I think what we didn't have before is social media and I think that that is really difficult because you are I mean I'm an author I have written several mm, books yes, and I yeah. found that I have this constant you know I follow lots of authors and I'm constantly thinking that they're more successful than I am mm. and, and many of them are but I think I've now had to sort of take a step back and this has taken a long time and actually say do you know what there's many people who are writing who, who don't get published. So you mm. manage to get published. That's a big step for you. Yeah. And actually, you shouldn't, you need to write for the right reasons. So don't write because you want to be famous. Write because it's something that you enjoy doing and you've got a message for other people. And then hopefully at some point, enough people will like it that you'll get success that way. But you need to really get out of that trap of thinking this is a route to... I don't know being more famous or more high profile whatever that means yeah because it's that's not helpful you know no it's, it's difficult to hear as well because I do have that thing where I imagine people who write books just become really rich and famous and just get to talk about writing books and that's their life after that well that's what I thought because I was kind of like I was very I think I've always been really unrealistic a bit of a dreamer and that's a, that's a good thing and a bad because it means that I do try lots of things and even on my Instagram, like I have very stupid ideas, which I do just do them because I want to. But I think I, I really believed when I had my first book published that I would be like Marianne Keyes. So I kind mm. of imagined. And of course, Marianne Keyes, took, she worked away at it. It didn't happen overnight. But I sort of believed that I'd be able to give up my day job, devote myself to writing. I would have a huge house. You know, I'd have a swimming pool. I'd probably have all of my books made into films or Netflix oh, yes. series. Oh, yeah, that's the imagined next step, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have to say that none of that has happened. They, what has happened is that I've met some incredible people. I've really enjoyed writing the books themselves. It has opened up doors to mm. lots of other things. Um, so I have to remind myself of that. But, yeah, I would say nowadays anyone going into writing needs to think what what is what do I sort of define success as you know and, and for me I did have a initially a bit of a kind of rocky road where I kind of expected it to be one thing and was then kind of yeah maybe it's not going to be that thing you know mm. 
it's funny that, but if Netflix are listening, I don't know if they are a regular listener of the podcast. <laughs> Obviously, I presume <laughs> I you're you're open to an adaptation of one or any of your books. <laughs> oh God, I would love it. I mean, we'll you know, tag do, them. yeah, yeah, I do. And there's a little tiny part of me that really wants to believe that mm. you know it will happen. And of course, we need. I think we need to we need to dream. You know, it's good to yeah. dream about things and and to take action and sort of plan it, but. I think it, I do think it's really it's a tricky market, you know. Publishing any anyone knows that now. It's it's difficult. Yeah, very much so. And you meant you mentioned the Instagram. I wondered if you could tell us sort of how you came to to do so much on Instagram because you sort of almost sort of you chart your life, don't you, through your stories? You do brilliant videos where you sort of film as if. Tell me if you think I've interpreted it right. You film as it's sort of your train of thought, but you filmed yourself yeah. perhaps walking around a shop, looking at the clothes, and thinking, "What the hell are yeah. these clothes? I'm a woman of a you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you say you're in your fifties? Sorry, I can't remember how I've just, I've just, I'm just coming up to fifty. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. so you're a woman in your forties, yeah. and uh, yeah, what are all these terrible clothes? I can't wear them, and it's like your train of thought as well. Yeah, yeah. And then in your stories, it's like sort of looking back over your whole week with like clips from things like Downton Abbey, with reflections and comedy words and things. I feel like there's a sitcom for you more than a Netflix. But anyway, that's my vision. For well, you, is a sitcom. it's funny. But, I think. Uh, how did it all come about that you do all of that on Instagram and, and you use that as an outlet? I think what it was was that I have a lot of ideas and in an ideal world and actually I have I have written a couple of fiction books Mm. books it's almost like they they demand a lot of your attention so when you're writing a book you've really got to obviously sit down commit big chunks of time I guess because I'm working sort of four days a week and got fairly young kids I tend to the phone has become my way of producing stories mm. so that you know actually I, I don't have time to sort of sit down at the moment and write a novel so uh, instead I get my outlet is kind of creating these stupid sort of you know first person kind of stories about what's been going on the other thing that I found that when I had my I suppose it was actually I started doing it after my second daughter was born mm. I was up a lot at night and feeding and stuff and basically I was very I felt quite isolated I felt quite alone I I was prone to kind of panicking about things Mm. and actually what I've always found quite a good therapy is that when I'm getting into that mindset I try and almost see the ridiculousness of it you know and there's a lot of ridiculousness that comes along with being a parent you know just Mm. generally kind of you know people vomiting on you people smacking you in the face for no reason you know people other parents and their judgment you know society and the way it looks at you all sorts of things so there's lots of lots of lovely fertile stuff that you can use and I just find it really cathartic so I think a lot of people write for you know in order to get their feelings out if I've had a really terrible day I'll sit down and you know, I've become very quick at it now because I do it so often. Mm. I, I know I just want to tell the story of my day. Um, and, and I do. And I just grab silly animations and stick them in. And people say, oh, you spend an awful lot of time. But I actually don't. I only I would probably do it in a kind of five minute, 10 minute slot mm. um, because I've just and then actually I feel almost cleansed. I'm like, oh, got that off my chest. Yeah. Um, and the difficulty I think there is a bit of an addiction to it because what happens is is that we all know we're addicted to our phones but I get a lot of positive feedback 
from all sorts of women who are sort of like, God, I just feel seen. You know, I feel yeah, like I feel that. like I yeah. actually you've stepped into my brain. Mm. And that becomes really, you know, that's a lovely form of connection. You're kind of like, mm. oh God, actually, I always believed. I can't, I don't believe we're all the same, but I believe that we often fall into the same thought patterns. Mm. And so I think I think whatever you're doing creating kind of wise if you can tap into some sort of universal thoughts and experiences that's what people are looking for isn't it is some form of like I I connect with that because I'm exactly like that too Mm. and it doesn't matter like whether you have children or not but you you probably everyone is still prone to these universal emotions of kind of fear or jealousy or anger um, frustration you know and I think we all need to vent that and mm. and also connect with one another through it yeah oh absolutely god I f- it feels like therapy it's lovely to hear you explain it it's really nice <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it sort of makes and you and you're right in that it's like that train of thought it it is like I can see why people say they feel seen because when you're sort of talking through a train of thought over the video it feels like someone else is saying it's okay I my brain doesn't stop either my brain is full of words and thinking things while I'm walking around somewhere and doing a million other things and yeah, even when I'm doing something for for my work, I'll still be, my brain will be doing other thoughts and thinking, well, should I post this? Are people going to judge me? Mm. Oh God, what if I send that email and they they think I'm stupid and all those different things that go with also doing whatever else you're meant to be doing. Your brain is constantly on that. Oh, honestly, it's it's exhausting. Mm. And, you know, I don't want listeners to get the the idea that I go to reflexology all the time because I don't. (laughs) Literally today, I think when I went, um you put on like a little eye mask mm. you know and um I think my eyes I mean she said the last time I went she said your eyes are flickering from side to side the whole time so my mm. eyes are shut yeah. and I am one of those people where even when I feel like I really need to relax um my brain is just you know it's going so yeah. I'm I'm thinking oh there's piano music playing piano music makes me think of my dad oh my dad I miss my dad and then I'm thinking oh my god you know ha- what was that particular time when he was playing that particular kind of music oh I think I can remember no I can't remember where was it exactly you know was it when he was in the you know where was he and literally going round and round mm. and then it will go like oh piano music piano music that makes me think of my dad and then it starts going <laughs> round and, and I'm and I'm lying there and then after sort of like 40 minutes she's going so how are you you know was it relaxing and stuff I said it was really relaxing but it has also made me sort of realize just how much how busy it is Uh up there yeah um and how one little thing can trigger all those thoughts and feelings like just piano music yeah yes and that we sort of go off on these mad tangents and I mean the one thing I'm really enjoying about getting older is that I'm really saying not only does everyone have this at different times but you know everything is you know a lot of the past starts to come up a lot of things Mm. trigger other things and I've become much more accepting now of okay I'm feeling a bit sad that's okay rather than I suppose in the past what I would have done is run off and Mm. try and I don't know I'm sober so I I haven't drunk for a long time but Mm. you know I, I always you become much more aware of the fact that a lot of your behaviors are about trying to escape your feelings and so once you're kind of a bit more accepting of the fact that life is essentially about navigating a lot of different feelings at different Mm. times Mm. and that there's it's probably for me writing and creating is an outlet and so it's kind of that's one way I deal with it it's just you know and I think you know anyone who writes 
that's one of the good things that you can really enjoy whether you're successful or not with it is mm. kind of I still think one of the best therapies ever is just get a pen and just write down everything that's in your head yeah yeah that people do morning pages don't they they sit down and just write things out and and I know you interviewed um lovely Fiona Thomas who's been on the podcast actually and she does mm. writing uh, classes and courses and things and I think you just join her if you want to and you can just join and write and work on whatever you're writing and it's just a real sort of process of yeah getting everything out and I certainly that's yeah. why I'm a freelance writer part of the time you know it doesn't pay the bills very well that's the problem when you want to be a freelance writer is it's not a not the biggest bill payer but <laughs> well I think part of it as well is that we've moved we're in this period of time now where we're moving from the definition of writing like writing to content mm. it's now it's, yeah. it's become yeah. content content creation you know can you and that's a lot of what I do now or people mm. say oh you're a, con- you're a content creator and I don't know I feel I feel ambivalent about it because I kind of feel like it's there's good content obviously and then there's really crap content mm. but we 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 need to still reward the people who are good at creating you know anyone can mm. can I can do content I can show you some shots of my garden that's content yeah but whether it whether it's good or edifying or makes you feel seen or whatever is a whole nother thing yeah and it has to have a purpose doesn't it because I'm one of the reasons I responded to you on Instagram was I think you said oh if you enjoy my stories here's a link to my book because at the end of the day we'd like people to buy the book if they're thinking about quitting or, or they're at a stage of their life where they have quit or there's chapters about uh, redundancy which I know so many people will be potentially facing at the moment I mean it's November I thought it was going to say December then it's not December yet is it (laughs) it's November 2022 and lots of people are facing very difficult times like redundancy and job loss and things and yeah we would like them to come and read the book to and join in and say okay I'm going to take something from this and there's one thing I wanted to ask you about I'm aware of time but there's a list phrases I fucking hate nailing it bossing it owning it leaning in boss life mum boss let's do this winning at life and smashing it and I just I've, I've highlighted it because I love it so much. And it's just like that for me sums up a lot of the vibe of what you're talking about, isn't it? That idea that you don't have to stay in something forever. You don't have to be perfect. Does, does that does that resonate for you as a list having written it? Yeah, I think what, what I hated most about those words is kind of this this kind of mistaken belief that if you just are full on productive 24 mm. seven, you're going to you know, you're going to have a lot of material success. Whereas what I would say, evidentially, you know, is looking around at friends and co- past colleagues, you will essentially get burnt out, you know, mm. like, and, mm. you know, it's kind of, we need to just, I think after COVID certainly, and, and I did lose my father at the beginning of COVID and mm. I kind of became much more just kind of like, what does success look like for me? And that feels really, really self-indulgent because I, I mean, I too need to pay the bills. Like I need to mm. work. But that doesn't mean that, and that's another thing I say in the book is that even if you're in a job at the moment that you don't enjoy or is, is you're not trying at least regain some of your power and mm. and make some plans if you can for the future, even if you're going to, you know, some some ways that you can either make your current job a bit more satisfying or enjoyable or develop something on the side that fuels your passion and makes you feel good um, or just plot your next move. And I'm a big like a big fan of I've been in really terrible jobs you know I've had all sorts of all sorts of jobs in the past worked in retail you know worked in restaurants I've worked I was a cleaner you know I've done all sorts of stuff 
and all I can say is that the only thing that kept me going was this idea that this isn't forever mm. you know this doesn't have to be forever and I have to try and somehow find a plan b at some, at some point you know there must be some way um and so I hope and, and and with redundancy I mean I've you know I went through a very different kind of redundancy because I was actually quite happy about it mm. um, but I've also yeah. had friends and family members who've gone through ones that were not were entirely unhappy and I think there it is really about you've got to work really hard to remind yourself just how brilliant you are because mm. it's you know it's that's when the inner critic really does step up and says things like see that you knew this was going to happen because you're no good yeah. and you've got to, you've got to fight those tendencies and really manage as much as you can those that negative feeling and negative yeah. narrative it's so true isn't it people say I, I got my redundant in 2017 and people still say well you must take it personally and you think but how could you not take it personally when other people mm. are seemingly keeping their jobs and you're not it's very hard not to take things like that personally it's and I, ring, yeah go ahead sorry go on no it's incredibly hard um <laughs> and it's in, and and I think part of it is you know allow yourself the time to grieve and feel mm. sad about that you know that's a real blow that's a proper blow and I think that's the other thing is I don't like about those phrases is it's kind of like almost like we're machines that you just keep on going um you know you don't nothing impacts on you you're, you're like a work machine and we're not like that you know of course it's you know if you if you're made redundant it's the end of a relationship you feel really bad you, you mourn it hopefully you'll, you'll then equip yourself to move on to the next thing and, and remember that actually it might open a door to something else hopefully yeah I hope so I mean yeah I wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be talking now if I hadn't been made redundant because I wouldn't have gotten yeah. to do all the things and started a podcast so actually yeah I'm I, I think exactly. most people look back eventually and they're glad it happened but it can take time definitely and I think, yeah. think people often think oh I'll go self-employed I've been made it right I'm going to do that big idea you know throw everything off the kitchen table dramatically and get out a big notepad or a soup pot and start making candles or whatever it can be mm. a bit of a knee-jerk and actually it's not for everybody to do that it's not and I you know I I have lots of friends who've done that and and I did it myself where mm. I kind of initially scrabbled around quite a lot and really struggled because I kept trying to think of the big idea of the mm. thing that I was going to do um and even now I think I haven't arrived like I'm the, the environment I'm working in at the moment there's lots of benefits to it mm. but I still you know I still sort of think this isn't the end like I'm you know there is something else out there that I'm seeking too at the same mm. time mm. and I think yeah there's I don't like the idea that I think it's very unrealistic, especially with freelancing. I mean, you know the score that you don't become a freelancer overnight and then suddenly have an amazing business. It really, you really do have to work hard, and and there are probably a lot of steps along the way where you think, "I'm not sure this is I'm cut out for this." Mm. And actually, I'd argue that if you do feel like that, it's okay to go back into because we're working for so long now. We've got to get fully equipped with the idea that we we are going to sidestep into something else and maybe mm. think you know what maybe I'm not cut out for freelancing at the moment maybe I'll go back into a regular job if I if, you know if I can find one and then maybe I might while I'm in that job I might start thinking about some of the freelancing side of things at the side but I, I really feel like you can you can go in and out hopefully of different things as yeah. long as you're telling yourself the right narrative so you're sort of you're not saying, oh, I failed at freelancing. Mm. You're just saying the time, the time wasn't right. And actually, I've learned an awful lot about what I can and can't do. And now I'm ready to try something else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
I really hope that's resonated for people because I feel like a lot of people do think it is the answer and actually yeah for lots of people it isn't and I've been freelance three times on and off over the course of 15 odd years and yeah it's kind of moving to the countryside we were talking about moving out of London before we started recording and move the countryside is a step if you make it it's one of those things where it's like well becoming freelance is a, is a simple answer because you can work from home because you're probably going to have a spare bedroom to set up your office in and all of those things start to but yeah often, often I'd go freelancing and be in an office and think I really I'm jealous of these guys they've got you know that one sitting there not doing very much and still being paid it's really unfair I have to work I know <laughs> Well, also, the other thing that people forget is that there, there can be, hopefully, in some teams, there's kind of like a camaraderie. Mm. And the, the thing that I realised is that I, and this is something I've learned about myself, is that I I like to feel, I think everyone likes to feel safe, but I quite mm. like routine and stability. And so the thing that freelancing scared me because it was either feast or famine. Yeah. And I felt like I was kind of like, I, I wanted to steady I suppose, especially because the children also financially, mm. the children, we I needed to have a level of income each month that I could guarantee. Um, and I was having sleepless nights just worrying about. And suddenly a project would come mm. and I'd be scrabbling around trying to get childcare. And of course, that's another issue is that for a lot of freelancers, yes. the amount they've got to give out on childcare is so prohibitively high yeah. that you're you're not actually making any money, you know, in order to look after two kids while you write, you know, I, I you know, I did, I have done some journalism in the past. Mm. What they were paying me for a piece wouldn't pay for my childcare, you know, yeah. so it's kind of like it swings and round, roundabouts, but I, I think just sort of see it a bit as like, you know, trying hopefully different things and realizing that we unfortunately or fortunately we're going to be working for a lot longer so mm. it might be that freelancing is something that you're looking at doing later on in life yeah. you know yeah brilliant oh it's been absolutely fascinating thank you so much it's been a real pleasure to talk to you um I will let you go because I'm very aware of the time um but uh, would you like to level on where they can find you anything else you'd like to share with them I don't know if you want to share sort of Instagram handle or anything else that we haven't talked about but yeah tell us everything where we can find you and follow you and buy the book of course buy the books oh yeah the books definitely um well on Amazon I think it's it's basically um at the, at the moment it's funny it's got two names the, the the first name for the book was called the big quit and they've yes. now changed changed the title back to the original title which was fuck nailing it because that was it's the original title so I if thought you that was a joke just... I thought you no, just no, did that, that is, on it's, that, that is, is the thing that's that good is to know. actually yeah. how it's changed but cool. it's a bit slight, slightly confusing so if you go on Amazon, you'll see that, um, you know, if you just search Anarchy Somerville, you'll find all of my books there. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Anarchy Somerville, so A-N-N-I-K-I and then Somerville. Um, and that's probably the best place to sort of find out what I'm doing. I'm on all the usual things like LinkedIn and stuff as well. And yeah, I think that's me. Fantastic. Do you TikTok? I don't. I can't. <laughs> it's funny. I, I worry that if I'd started doing that, I would never actually come off my phone. I would just oh. be just it's kind of fun yeah it is um it's funny because the more you go on tiktok the more you realize that instagram's about a week behind tiktok and it's almost like oh now i've got to be a, a week ahead of myself and i already felt like i was a bit behind anyway so yeah it's a, it's a double but that's issue, another sure. bit of advice that i learned from somebody who, who worked a lot on social media and, and they had a big brand and they were basically they were very strategic about when they went on and off and they oh. used to say to me anarchy go on and post and then literally like a few things and then come mm. off again. Oh. And so actually what sounds really arrogant is that 
I don't look a lot at other people's stuff. And mm. so people sometimes contact me and they go, oh, so-and-so has copied you. You know, they're doing exactly the same thing. And I'm like, oh, well, that's funny. I haven't noticed it because I realise mm. what a time suck it can be. So I'm kind yeah. of like, it's quite arrogant in a way, but I go on, it's post what discipline. I want, and come off again, because otherwise I will be on it all day. Yeah. That is, I need to take some of that advice. I scroll a lot. So um, yeah, I will be taking that as a top tip. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a real pleasure and wish you all the best with it all. And Thanks, Jenny. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye.